Welcome to Real Faith, Real Talks, where a brother is hesitant and effective is sweat. (laughs) (laughs) Brother is effective. You know, that one's not that bad. No. That one's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. We are your hosts. We have Carlos. What up? Ika. Hello. And Sammy. What up? And my name is Kevin. And today we want to... Go on a little bit from one of our first few episodes on emotions. I think it's like our second episode, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and we want to kind of get the ball rolling and speak a little bit more about what we didn't speak about during that release. Yeah, we want to, like, in I think believe that episode, we kind of, like, scratched the surface. And I feel like um, it's necessary for us to definitely go a little deeper into it. Um we don't know how how deep we're probably going to end up getting in this episode yet, um, but uh, we're glad that you're here for the ride. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I think one of the things that we wanted to talk about that we didn't really get to talk about was, like, the spiritual side of right. emotions, you know? Like, uh, one of the things that I know that was true for my case was that, I think I mentioned it in a few different episodes now, that while I was struggling with this um, anxiety and depression and, and at, at some point uh, suicidal thoughts mm. um, you know it wasn't just uh, my own uh, pain but it was that I knew and I know now too that there are spirits that are kind of pushing this in, not only insecurity but you know kind of rewriting the narrative of my life right. to make it feel worse to make me the dive deeper into my depression dive deeper into you know, those, that loneliness that right. I was feeling. And I mean, I, I, I share that to let you guys know too, that, you know, there are moments in our lives that we're, uh, we just feel emotional or we feel, you know, extremely upset or extremely angry or extremely nervous. And it's not normal. No, You know, it's the devil has a plot against our lives to keep us from functioning correctly, from keeping us from, you know, being healthy human beings. And, um, you know, the, there was definitely a process for me of getting set free from those spirits that were, you know, bogging my mind and trying to hurt my heart. Right, right. You you mentioned um, just now being set free from from those things, because I know there are a lot of people that um, they they'll get delivered from depress depression or or you know anxiety or all these things, but then later on down the line they feel it again and they feel like it's them there again, you know. Um, but in reality, it's it's not that it's still inside of them. It's the fact that it's trying to knock on the door so they can react to those emotions again so that it has a way to get back in, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. I think, and that's not just with the depression. That's with any kind of influence with demons. But, you know, we're talking about emotions today, and that's for sure true. Yeah, and I think that... It- one thing is that it tries to knock and come back in. Another thing is that we kind of felt like we already went through it and mm. we kind of bypassed it and we kind of felt like we're victorious now, like it's never going to come back. Right. But in reality, we haven't gotten to the root of the problem and it's just lingering there and we're just suppressing what's actually going on until the point that things just bottle up or it starts to pile up and then the lid is about to explode. And that's what happens sometimes with emotions. And I'm personally, like, in my own personal experience with anger, that's exactly what happened. Like, people will get me upset for little things or uh, big things. And then I'll just start piling them all in, piling them all in. I'll be shut. Uh, I'll get angry within myself. I wouldn't explode to anybody and, like, go on a tantrum. 
But then it came to a point that if somebody did something that was very extreme, I'll be like, what is your problem? And I'll just go out of like a rant. <laughs> but in that moment, um, seeing all these episodes going on, I was like, okay, there's an issue here. There's, there's a problem with anger and I have to address this and seek help for it. So I went to my pastor about that. And we started to talk about where is this happening? What's going on? What's the root? What's, what's the root? Like, what, what is really causing it? And I think we went through multiple sessions of just trying to figure out what's going on. Like, is it work? Is it school? Is it stress? Is it something of a behavior that somebody's doing? What's causing it? And I think for me, it was multiple things. And it's not to say that I'm never going to get mad again, because getting angry, right? Yeah. Get, getting angry is an emotion that we all go through for whatever reason. Um, but at the same time, I've been able to transition from getting very upset and like not being able to control the anger to now being, okay, I'm, I'm upset, but it doesn't mean I have to get to the point of yelling or getting extremely emotional about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to bring up a point that our pastor mentioned to me a, like a long while ago. She said that anything that um, you can't control Anything that takes away your self-control mm -hmm. and that takes over you is a spiritual influence. Right. Like, it's not natural. You know, yeah. like, if you find yourself angry to the point where you're yelling and, like, you're seeing yourself yell at people or, like, yeah. you you're become violent and it's not you, then at the end you're like, I wasn't even that upset. Like, why did that happen? Yeah. Right. It's a spiritual influence. It's not just because you're an angry person. Yeah, I remember that one of the reasons that I used to get upset with somebody specifically was because... It was a like a control thing, like, hey, you're trying to control me or trying to um, tell me what to do, so I'll get upset to try to control the situation. But in those discussions also with, with our pastor, uh, when we, we were talking, she was one of the things she, she said was, um, you're trying to control the situation when anger is actually just controlling you now. And it's leading you now toward a different path. And that's the spiritual thing now that comes in because yeah. now a spirit is the one that's influencing me to go through that route. And that causes now other ripple effects in my life, whether it's I'm going to say something that I'm going to regret. I'm going to do something I'm going to regret. And that's the um, that's a part that we have to also see how the spiritual um, things that could occur could change our future because of what we decide in that moment. That's true. I, I think that even just changed our future. But those effects come in from our past. Mm -hmm. Like um, what I've learned um, from experiences of my my own deliverance, my own process with the Lord is that, you know, these spirits come to influence our lives when we're kids at first right. through some kind of experience or right. some kind of, you know, and they're and they're trying to do this. They're trying to get influence into your life so that they can ruin your entire future. Yeah. You know, the, the word says very clearly that the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he comes at the most vulnerable place, yeah. you know, in your childhood. So the, I think that's why when you go to therapists, usually, you know, they think back yeah. and you talk to them and it's like something happened in your childhood Definitely. that affected your whole life. And it's because the devil really has a plot against your whole life. And I know that for me, it was definitely that case. You know, like this thing that I was struggling with, with loneliness came from a moment in my own childhood where the devil was got into my life because I was trying to be compassionate to someone else. And it kind of bit me in the butt where, you know, I ended up doing things in the spirit that I, I shouldn't have done. Mm. And it had a, a, a ripple effect where now, you know, from the age of like, I think it was like nine until the age I was, I think I wasn't fully, fully delivered. I think not only until like a couple of years ago. Wow. So, you know, and that that's probably about a decade. And I know for other people, it's a few decades that they're going through this kind of weight that comes from their childhood, things that weren't their fault. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like um, something that God's been able to, God's given all to all of us, and it's something that no devil can really, can over, not can overpower, but like if we put it straight, can't take over it, is our self-control. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, well, more like our self-will. Like we have a will that God does not override, like overrun, and it works the same with the enemy, you know? And like, I feel like that's one of the reasons why I felt that we should have had a second part to this emotional conversation, because a lot of people submit to their emotions in the sense that they just accept, like before what I was saying, they accept that their emotion is their identity, you know? Like with, with Sammy's example, the loneliness, like I'm a lonely person. You're not a lonely person. There's a lonely spirit over you. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you have the willpower to say that I don't want to be lonely. I don't want that loneliness spirit. I want the love that comes from the Father and everything that comes with it, the joy, you know, like to want to be around people, to love people around me, to not want to be excluded by myself. Yeah, right, so right. And Sorry, because it, it's so true because it's like, especially with the loneliness, so many people call themselves loners, like the lone yeah. wolf, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, like, yeah this is the, there's a huge thing around that and is it's giving it a name and like giving it a, i guess an identity and saying that's who i am you know because that's ho- how i feel and that's not true you know um absolutely not yeah 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 and i feel like that's why like i said we're bringing this up because the good news is that we have the blood of jesus now right. yeah. you know that we don't have to just walk around with these looming spirits over us causing us to feel causing us to feel the extreme of these emotions and, you know, that's also what I feel like we should really distinguish, like, the difference between an extreme and what's okay yeah. and normal. You know, like, we're mentioning these things not to say that anger is bad, not to say that, you know, sometimes you want to be by yourself is bad. It's not always a spirit. Sometimes you just you need some time for yourself. Yeah. Sometimes you get upset. It's letting the emotion control you. Definitely. I, I think, like, um, and I thought about this earlier when Kevin was talking about anger. You know, when the word talks about us being created in the image and the likeness of God is what it says. I think that it's even it's including our emotions. Like I, I firmly believe that God Himself in heaven and when He was on earth experienced anger. You know, there are moments where in Scripture He He disappears from a crowd to spend time alone with the Father, of course. But this was right. His alone time right. that He needed times where He was mourning a death that He needed to be alone. And so I think that we to add to Ika's point that there is definitely a difference between what is, you know, being over emotional and just having emotions. Yeah. And the Bible does say in Ephesians four twenty six, like it, it says, um, be angry, but do not sin. So it's actually the, like Paul is saying like, Hey, you're going to get angry. Yeah. That's an emotion that's going to happen to each and every one yeah. that's here alive on earth. Just make sure that when that happens, do not sin. So do not cross the line to go in, into sin and make now anger some, something bigger than what it should be. Right. And that's something that we fail to do is, or I'm, I'm not sure if it's the right word fail to do, but it's more of do we get emotional? And whatever emotion it is, is it anger, is, is it frustration, whatever the case may be. But it, do we get into these states on little things that doesn't matter for us to actually get to that state? And does that mean that we haven't yet learned to cope with the emotions that that we're dealing with? So that means we have to go back and see and realize what's going on that is causing us to get to that point. Or why is it that that emotion is being released or we're starting to feel it, but yet 
it's controlling us now instead of us being able to be like, okay, it's not a big deal that, you know, they messed up my coffee order. Right. It's not a big deal that um, my coworker um, forgot to refill the, the paper tray, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I know these are not my own personal ones. I don't really care about the paper <laughs> no, tray. No, it's, <laughs> it's, but it happens. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, because especially in New York, people are so quick to get angry at the littlest things. You know, yeah. in the trains, you know, someone messes up their coffee order and is like, the whole world is going to end at that moment. Right. I've you seen know, that. It actually. goes from zero to 100 really quick. You know, someone bumps you in the train, like, and it's just like, boom, right away. Like, you want to fight. Like, yeah. So much anger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yesterday, I remember that I went to get ice cream. And I was at, at the mall. I was waiting for Sammy Nika actually to start our Wait, you evangelism. guys got ice cream without me? No, we even did <laughs> So I'm waiting there for yeah. like 10 minutes in line. And then something happened with the credit card machine that when the person comes to take, take my order, they're like, are you paying cash or credit? I'm like, credit. And they're like, sorry, our machine broke down. I was like, no. So I didn't get upset, but I got annoyed. And I was like, oh, I could have went somewhere else. But then I said, but that's not a big deal. Right. So Im- immediately, instead of allowing that emotion to grow from being annoyed to getting upset or say something incorrectly to the person, I just said, thank you, and I walked away. And I was like, okay, now what do I do? So instead of me going on a tantrum in, in my own head, like, oh, these people, they should have a system that is working or what's going on. Um, instead, I just calmed down. I, I, well, I, did, I wasn't even high hyper. I was like... Uh, let me just get Chick Fil A, a milkshake, right. then, <laughs> which I options? didn't do, but it, uh, I kind of regret it now. I wanted to ask and bring. Okay, well, let me first. I'll share another testimony just to add to that, and then I want to ask you guys a question. And you know, of kind of similarly to Kevin, I think I, I maybe even have said it on the podcast before how I used to struggle with anxiety, mm. um, and I used to get like kind of anxiety attacks. Mm. And a lot, of, uh, one of the ways that I used to soothe myself before things got really bad because what would happen was that it would build over time. You know, like this thing would make me anxious, that thing would kind of make me anxious, and I wouldn't deal with it in the time, in the moment. Um, but one of the things that I used to, what I used to do, was that I would think, is this going to matter a year from now? Mm. Is it going to matter tomorrow? You know, that's actually something that I'm trying to do right now. Mm. You know, where it's like, because um, my mind never stays shut for whatever reason. I'm always thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, and I, like, it's gotten to a, a point where um, it starts affecting my relationship with, with God. Because I start um, dwelling in, in my thoughts instead of giving it to him, you know. And something that I've started doing is that, is like, is this something that I can control now or not? If it's not, put it away. God, this is yours. If it's something that I can control now, let's deal with it. That's a you good You know, point, what, do you, yeah. what do you want me to do with it, God? Yes. So that's what I, that's what I was doing. That's what I would do. And it, and it worked. It, it kind of instilled in me this sense of, well, peace, you know, mm-hmm. like there's things that I, that's just going to happen and they're going to happen, you know, and mistakes that I've made, things that I did that day that make me feel like I can't believe that I did this, right. you know, I did this to myself, right. but it was like, you know what, in a, in a week, it'll be fine, you know, in a month, no, it's going to blow over. It's not a big deal. So I wanted to ask you guys, you know, can you guys kind of testify to a moment in your own life? Where you were going, you something happened, and you had that moment to be extra emotional, and you somehow soothed yourself. You somehow calmed yourself down, or you know maybe it was the opposite. There was something that really upset you, and you got yourself to feel better. I um yeah like so one thing that I'm going through now is the worst, you know, and um 
it's something that happened that um, that caused uh, you know the, the like for me to get a divorce. You know, something happened that I did, um, and through that whole process, of course, I got extremely emotional. You know, um, to the point where you know I started having suicidal thoughts. You know, got extremely depressed. Um, like didn't want to do anything at all. I stopped eating, um, and uh, through that process, uh, you know, um, like I guess you can say, like I ran to God, and He helped me at that moment. You know what I mean? Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't something that I did. It was something that God did that helped me. You know, because sometimes you know, uh, it's not just going to be something like, oh, I got to do this and and feel better, you know, it's something where it's just like, God, what do you want to do? Because I can't feel like this anymore, you know, and it's at those moments where God is like, okay, let me take care of you, you know, and I remember having a dream, which I, I don't know if I um, said it on, on this podcast or whatever, but um, I remember having a dream, um, and it was like, it was so vivid, the dream, like, I remember <laughs> being in this room, and this angel walked in, and I remember Jesus walking behind him into this room. And when I realized it was Jesus, literally, <laughs> I, was, I was like, nope, I can't do this. And I tried to walk outside the room. And I heard the angel saying, you're walking away from Jesus? <laughs> and I'm like... What, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry. So then I walked back in. And he's just there standing and like with like a projector or something like that. It was it was hilarious. And he was just showing me the reasons why. He loves me. The reasons why, you know, um, he's there for me, you know, um, and the reasons why he does these things for me. And he just walked to me and just gave me the biggest hug. And I kid you not, I woke up like, crying, you know. Yeah. And uh, I can say, like, after that dream, like, I didn't have any more suicidal thoughts. Like, you know, I, I still feel a little, like, you know, depressed here and there because it's inevitable. You know, a lot of times we're going to feel like that. We just have to learn how not to allow it to um, own us, you know, to, to be our owners, you know. Um, but that's something that I went through, um, you know, in, in this walk. Oh, uh, so just to recap, my question was, was there, what was a moment that you guys were going through something emotional? that you had kind of like that emotional relief, you know, like you were really angry or Carlos case really depressed and you were healed or you self-soothed or, you know. No, I also, I, I wanted to point, I wanted to, not, I guess, help clarify something that you were saying, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end, you were saying, um, you know, that you can't help sometimes, like sometimes you just get up depressed here and there. And I just wanted to clarify like what depression really is. Right. Because a lot of people can really take that word out of context yeah. and not everybody's depressed because they had a bad day, you're depressed. It's right. like, no, I'm having a bad day right. kind of thing. So um, there was a moment recently, actually, where I felt, I mentioned to Sammy, I think it was, too, that I was feeling that I was kind of here, not here. Like, it was just emotionally feeling meh, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and someone sends me a message, and they're like, I had a dream that you're depressed. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, what? So then I, w I, went, to I went to our pastor and I said, Pastor, I've been feeling kind of meh. And I haven't told this person that had this dream that I'm feeling meh, but they're telling me I'm that they that they're saying that they feel like I'm depressed. And Pastora was like, Well, it's easy. You know how you're depressed? I said, How? She said, Can you 
Do you find yourself crying yourself to sleep? No. Can you not get off your bed? No. Do you shower every day? Yeah. Are you eating well? Yeah. Do you laugh? Yeah. You're not depressed. (laughs) 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 You know what I'm saying? Like depressed people, they give up on themselves and they can't get up. So I, you know, I wanted to, because we were talking about earlier, especially even with the people that call themselves loners, like you're calling that over yourself and it is a spirit. Depression is a spirit. Loneliness is a spirit. And every time you just, you say, I am depressed, even when you call somebody out and say, you look depressed, you don't know it like ignorantly, but you're declaring that spirit over over yourself or that person. So I feel like it's important that we just clarify the language. And if you're having a bad day, just say, I'm having a bad day, but don't put a name on it, you know? Yeah. You know, and just like to kind of put a little point there, a little, a little extra salt there, just because I feel no, it's a real a issue. <laughs> and Sam and I talk about it like language is important, yeah, especially in the kingdom, because of the power that we have and everything that we say. Language is so important. Like I remember growing up and people having, I don't know, like they woke up and they're in school, they're not remembering anything. It's like, dude, are you here? Are you like autistic or something? You got Alzheimer's oh, today? Dang. Like. <laughs> These are the kinds of things that people say because they don't know what they're saying. So all I'm saying is be careful because you think it's a joke, but even though you are saying it in a jokingly way, you're still calling the spirit for what it is over that person, over yourself. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember in the last episode I touched a little bit on I was going through a depressive state when my dad passed away. But in reality, it was a connection of so many things, a combination of so many things that was going on. Because it wasn't, you know, that um, November of 2019, yes. It wasn't November 2019 that caused the depression to start up. It was actually other things that were happening from 2018 that started building up little by little. And it started to just snowball. But when that happened, it just took me and led me to now feeling lonely, feeling like I didn't want to go to school, right? During that time, I was doing a master's, and I had to put things together and say, okay, I have to be strong, and I have to keep a straight face. I have to focus on my assignment because it's a fast-track master's. I cannot just slack and say, hey, I have an excuse pass here because my dad passed away, and I can't do my assignments. But in the moments that these emotions were just getting to me, I remember that it didn't happen like the next month or in two months. This kept going for years um, to 2021 that I was still battling that that depression. Yeah, it will come and go. Like uh, we were speaking about earlier, there are moments that it comes and then it goes, but it's because I haven't gotten to the root of the issue. And through these sessions with my pastor, I had sessions with counselors at my school. And yes, I will talk about the issue, but I wasn't being realistic with myself. I wasn't being honest about what was really going on within me. Because again, it was multiple things, but I had to address each one individually to understand what's going on. Yeah. So with my dad, the situation with my dad, to give a little bit more context on there, was that we weren't really too close. We didn't grow up together. He, was ne- he never lived with me. But there was moments of relationship, and then there was like a that season of no communication and that kept going for years and years and years but there was something that happened that made me decide to stop speaking to my dad the summer that he passed away um, of the same year so in that summer I said I'm not gonna allow my dad to control my emotions to control my life based on his actions 
I'm going to take the decision to no longer have a relationship with my dad because each time I give him an opportunity to be in my life, I get hurt because of that. So I decided to um, like cut off that communication. But when the time came that he passes away, I was going to call him the night before. Mm. Like It was like 11, 12 o'clock, and I was like, let me call him. Because a lot of people don't know this, and I, di- I didn't mention it, is that he passed away on his birthday. Wow. So it was like around 11.50 something. I was like, I should call him and say happy birthday. And he wasn't even in the United States. I didn't know he was in, in New York, and he was in Ecuador. But in that moment that I decided not to call him, when I wake up and I find out that he passed away, it hurt me. Wow. It really hurt me because I was like, it wasn't that the decision took away, like, a moment of me saying goodbye to him, but it was more of, I know he wasn't saved. And if I would have been able to call him that night before, and he would have told me, I'm in the hospital right now. They're doing uh, exams because your aunt saw that I wasn't doing well, and I, I, I wasn't feeling well for a whole week. I would have prayed for him. I would have asked him, hey, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And that was my route. I felt guilty. Mm-hmm. Then my dad left this world without me offering him if he wanted to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And yes, I have preached to him before, but just that moment that I could have been part of something in his life and say, hey, do you want to accept Jesus? I wasn't able to do that. But that doesn't take it away from God to actually step in and say, you didn't do that, but he sent someone that was able to talk to him. He sent a family member to go and speak to him at the hospital the night before, and he accepted Jesus Amen. as Lord and Savior. Wow. Wow. But that guilty feeling caused a depression. It caused anger. Mm-hmm. It caused loneliness. It caused doubt. It caused so many things that it combined, like I said, everything that was going through from 2018 to that point, plus everything from that point going forward to 2021, it started piling up. But what I didn't notice is that if I would have addressed the issues right there and then, it wouldn't have snowballed to where it took me in 2021 to say, I want to step away from Jesus. I want I want a break. And for some people, the saying, I want to be on a break, it reminds me of like a show or something. <laughs> but Close I, the curtains for a second. Yeah. <laughs> but in that moment, I really just wanted to say, I want... And this is a funny part. I know what it's like to be outside of God, and I know what it is like to be with God. Mm-hmm. But with everything that was going on, the enemy strategically, like Sammy said, he just attacks you from when you're young. Strategically, he kept just throwing one dart after the other, after the other, for me to say, I don't want to be in God anymore. And no, I didn't go out to the world to drink. I didn't go out to the world to go in parties and sin and everything. No, I didn't do that. But it took me to just separate myself and say, Jesus, I don't want you right now. I want to do my own thing here. And that caused this moment of me not being active in the church, not going to church to the point of me saying I might leave the church. But one thing that I kept saying to my head, like it just went through through my mind is, if I ever take the decision to leave the church, I know I will never go back to another church. Mm. I know it. And that's what kept me to say I cannot leave the church 100%. So I, I will just be like, okay, I'm probably going to go on a Sunday. I'll probably go on a Wednesday and here and there. 
But when I finally took the decision and say to my pastor, Pastor, I I need to take a break. There's so many things going on, and let me take a break. She said, yeah, go right ahead. Go on a sabbatical. You need it. And when you're ready, just let, let me know. But we kept communication. We kept talking. We kept um, going through these sessions. And that's when things started to heal. Things started to heal the pain of me losing not only my dad, but a spiritual dad. The pain of me losing a family at church that left, that was also part of it. So it was so many transitions of loss that I was going through that I didn't really cope with it the right way. I didn't deal with the emotion the right way that caused it to just go into depression and all these other emotional things. And it was one day also that that I feel like it changed everything was when I was in my home, I was worshiping because that's the only thing that I felt like doing was worship. Even though I wasn't going to church, even though I wasn't, I, I said to myself, I don't want God. Something always led me back to worship God. And when I was worshiping and I felt the frustration, I felt the pain. I remember one day I just took um, one of those resistant bands and I was so upset. I started just yelling at God and just trying to ask for questions like answer, answer, please just answer me. And I remember I took that, um, that resistant band and I slammed it towards the ground like multiple times. And the only thing I remember feeling and hearing a voice inside of me say is, the same way you, you took that band and you slammed it towards the ground, it's the whips that Jesus received for you. And in that moment, everything changed. My mindset changed because I was able to see how God suffered and he took the penalty that I should have received. Yeah. And it was through his mercy, love, and grace that I have an identity now and say, I am a son of Jesus. Amen. I am a son of God. I'm a child. And in that moment, I just started repenting for leaving him, for saying that I didn't want anything to do with him. And I started seeing the healing. I started speaking to my pastor, and they, she kept being there, texting me, meeting up weekly and stuff. And that was my turning point. That was my turning point to say, I need to go back to God. Because when I'm outside of God, I feel all these emotions. But when I'm worshiping, I'm in the presence of God, I understand. I feel better because God just comes and brings this peace that surpasses everything. That was, um, that was a powerful testimony. It was a really powerful testimony. Yeah. And, Thank um, you for your courage for sharing. Yeah. You know, um, something something that came to my mind, um, which uh, uh, Sammy saw, my, saw me, like, hitting my head, like, yes. Like, I remember something. Um, I, I heard this recently. Um, so around the time when, you know, uh, Jesus um, resurrected and... Uh, um, you know, apostles and and Paul and everyone was preaching. You know, there was a lot of persecution um, towards Christians. You know, a lot of Christians um, dying for the word. You know, and um, around that time, it was like a it was like an honor to die for Jesus. Mm. You know, and something that someone said that I heard is, you know, the enemy was killing uh, many Christians as many Christians as possible, um, but every time he would kill them more would convert to Christianity. More would come to, to the feet of, of Jesus. So he stopped killing them physically and started ki killing them internally. 
-hmm. you know, started killing them emotionally, you know, because um, a lot of people, a lot of Christians, like, every, it's like, this is an emotional battle a lot of times, and we don't see that, you know, where the enemy throws darts at us, mm -hmm. and we can either act towards it and fall, or know who our God is and conquer it with him. You know, and that's one thing that came to my mind when, when you were talking about, um, you know, your testimony. Yeah. You know, because it's true. Even us, you know, and everyone else, you know, there are plenty of times, well, so many times where uh, we allow the enemy to attack us and we give in, you know. And then we, you know, when we read the word, when we understand who God really is, at that moment when we need it, or even like um, someone can, you know, do a spontaneous text like, hey. I'm here for you. Jesus loves you and all these things. That can help conquer what you're going through, conquer that emotional, um, you know, thing that you're going through at that moment, you know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Kevin's testimony just also reminded me that uh, in Scripture, um, after Sorry. Peter denies Jesus three times, I mean, uh, I would imagine, as most people would, the amount of right. emotional, like, the rest he was under. He was, he was grieving, you know? He, he Not only did he deny Jesus three times, but he then saw Jesus die at the cross. And he knew at that moment that Jesus did it for him. And the moment that he could have stood with him, he left him. And... You know, the Bible doesn't go into specific details. Right. But we do know is that the next the next image that we get of Peter is that he's fishing. And one would imagine that P Peter goes back to fishing is because that's where he was before Jesus met him. Yeah. And so he kind of goes back into his own comfort, his own, like, little space where I would imagine he's just trying to get over this emotional depression, grief, lull that he's in. And what ends up happening, of course, is that three days later, um, Mary and Mary, uh, Mary Magdalene, Mary, Jesus' mom, go back to the tomb, and they see that the tomb is empty, and the angel speaks to them, and he tells them, go tell Peter and the disciples that, um, that he's resurrected, that he's no longer here. And what, what's so striking is I could imagine that when Mary and Mary go tell the disciples the news, so the, the, Peter would hear that Jesus singled out Peter. Go tell Peter and the disciples. And I think that that was kind of like Jesus's answer mm -hmm. to Paul, to Peter's, you know, duress. That in that emotional struggle, two things. Is that Jesus died so that in that emotional struggle, you, he wouldn't be alone. And the second thing was that your emotions don't push Jesus away from you. And your bad decisions don't push Jesus away from you. And the things that you said. And the th so I feel like it's kind of like an image that the gospel is giving to us of when we are going through our emotional pain. And we feel like we need space to be by ourselves. something really quick. That is actually when Jesus is fighting for us the most in hell. To save us, to heal us, to redeem us. Like even, you know, Jesus himself, when he went to pray, what was it, in Mount... Garden of Gethsemane. Thank you. Yeah, Mount Olives. 
you know, and this is before, you know, he went through the crucifixion, what was like a day before, right? Um, and he was um, there. He, so it says, um, Luke twenty two forty four, And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. For you to start sweating blood, you know, that has to be like a huge amount of stress, anxiety, so much emotion, like inside of you at that one moment, you know, and um, at that moment, Jesus felt all of that. Um, all right, Luke twenty two forty four, um, and for me, like this, this came to me. I would say like last week or so, because I was dealing with you know anxiety and all these things of um, my life, you know, and what I'm going through. Um, so um, when this came to me, it was like it showed me. God doesn't just know what you're going through because he's God. He knows what you're going through because he lived it. Yeah. You know, he he felt that anxiety. He felt all those emotions at that one moment, you know. So that's how he's able to understand what you're going through, you know. He's able to understand your emotions. He's able to understand, like, the thought process that you go through, you know. He's able to help you because he went through it himself. You know, a lot of us are like, God, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't understand what I'm No, on the contrary. You know, he went through it himself. Yeah. You know, that's how he's able to, to help you. That's how he knows how to help you. Yeah, and th that Bible verse speaks a lot to how emotions could cause a physical effect right. in the bodies. Because there are many people who right now are sick because of an emotional issue. There are many people who are sick with any type of illness because of depression because of these thoughts of loneliness. Um, and there are things that need to be addressed in the emotional side so that there's change in the physical. Right. Now, a personal testimony that I'm going through recently is that the past two weeks I've been going through a personal struggle with, um, with a little bit of a grief because of decisions that I have to take with my dog, um, either to put him down or see him suffering. And with uh, the new job and the stress that I'm going through there to try to fix and balance things out there because uh, things are a little bit off, it brought a physical um, a physical attack on my body, not just in my, like, my abdominal area, but also with anxiety. Mm -hmm. That I remember on last Sunday, I was just dealing through a lot, and I tell my brother, I'm like, I've been going through a lot of anxiety recently. He tells me, anxiety? I thought God healed you of that. I'm like, well, he healed me of panic attacks and anxiety attacks. But what I'm feeling is anxiety like everybody else that feels anxiety. Right. But with only that comment, I remember that like maybe three, four hours later, just saying that, I started feeling the same way as how I used to feel when I had attack, like the panic attacks and stuff. I, they, they weren't as extreme. But I started feeling those sensation in my face, in my body, in my ears. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, I've, this is very familiar. Not extreme, but it's very, it was like 20%. And I saw how gradually Monday, Tuesday came, Thursday came, and I started seeing it now from 20% to like 40, 50%. I said, wait, 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 wait. This is not going to happen. God healed me of this. This is not coming back into my life. And I realized that... Um, it was all the burdens and the anxiety and the worry that was going on. And I messaged my pastor. I'm like, hey, this is going on. This, 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 this. And I know it's part of that, but I know there's something else. And she was like, 
what when did that happen and we started going to okay how did i do it how like what did i say and I'm, I, I said this and it's like because what i said i confessed to a spirit yeah. when i was saying it it hurt and it's something that Ika was saying earlier. right and it i gave it access saying oh you're feeling an anxious okay so let me go in and creep in then let me go back and see if i'm able to take you to where you were let's say uh 10 years ago right right and but when I decided in that moment, like, hey, I'm not gonna let this go from fifty percent to a hundred percent, then I'm going through it. I said, No, God heal me of this. And I rebuke that spirit that's trying to come into my life right. for me confessing it, for me uh addressing it. But just because those anxiety feelings went away, because immediately they went away. Like once, maybe it was like ten, eleven o'clock at night, I started feeling a lot better and, and since then I haven't felt it. But I was still feeling like yesterday I started feeling like a pain in my abdominal area. And just this pain, but it's because of the stress. It's because of everything that's going on. It's overwhelming. So the emotions are now leading to a physical manifestation of pain. And we need to go to Jesus and address the emotional issues for these things to go away. Amen. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Definitely. I, I just want to, just for context, what Kevin's saying, when he's saying that he's giving a spirit access, I just want to explain that a little for a second. Yeah, um, so what we believe in and, and what we've experienced to be true is there, there are demons out in the world. You know, the angels and demons do exist, and their demons aren't just creatures of evil, but they all have, like, kind of assignments. They're things that they do individually. And so Kevin was saying that there's a spirit of an anxiety and that when he said that I am anxious, what we believe is happening is that when he declares those words, he's speaking over himself, that he is um, inviting this spirit into his life. So this spirit of anxiety now is affecting him because he asked for it when he said, I am experiencing my anxiety. And so when he says that he takes authority and it takes effect in my life, he's giving access to this spirit. That don't that don't have a place in you. Amen. If you've been delivered before and you feel temptate or you feel an, an influence coming back, familiar to what you used to feel before you got delivered, then you have the power by the name and the blood of Jesus to rebuke Amen. the spirit. You don't have to accept it and just be like, "Oh, look, I fell again." Yeah. You know, and um, something I also did want to mention is because I w- I forgot to mention it before, but just to make the point that I was making and the point that you're making, mm-hmm. like whole is I also want to say, don't receive anything that people declare over you oh, yes. either. That's just mm-hmm. as powerful as you declaring it yourself, like you like you were mentioning before. Um, if someone says to you, like I said, I gave an example, but I didn't really clarify the point before. If someone says you are, just to go off the same example, um, you are anxious. Look at you, you're going back into anxiety. Don't receive that yeah. in your heart. Don't let it get into your heart and in your emotions. Even if you and think we you feel it. Like don't no. If you think you feel it, right. then it's probably because you're being influenced by it. Right. And you, at that moment, you should rebuke it. Or you should declare that Jesus set you free. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to receive it again. And I feel like that's another part of the emotions. I feel like influences, when I say influence, I mean, you know, like what Sammy was mentioning, like when spirit tries to cause you, like it tries to complete its assignment over you, whether it be an, yeah. a, an anxiety assignment or whatever it is. Um, uh, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, no, because uh, what I was going to say was because sometimes, as you know, Christians were like, oh, like I can feel a certain way. 
and declare it that it's not there to so say like, oh, it's, it's not there. And they'll feel like, oh, I'm lying because it's like I feel it, that it's there. I'm lying. And, also, and so then they feel like it's a sin to lie. But in reality, no, it's just you're just declaring that it's not there. You know, yeah. you're, you're using the power um, that, you know, Jesus gave you to declare that it's not there to fight back um, that feeling. Yeah, and something that I went through, too, I can personally share that I went through a phase, like going, sticking with the emotions, that I was afraid to rebuke spirits before. Mm-hmm. In a sense, that afraid, like, I'd be super, super hesitant because I'm like, well, this is like a demon, it's a spirit, like, I'm a person. You know, like, I kind of took Jesus out of the picture mm-hmm. in the sense where I feel like this is in my authority now that I'm rebuking the spirit. Um, when really, when we rebuke spirits in the name of Jesus, it's almost like the Lord is rebuking them on your behalf. But he's using your mouthpiece like you're, to do it, right. you know. Um, so I want to share that too. Don't be afraid to rebuke a spirit, yeah. you know, because of because you are now saved and the Holy Spirit lives in you and Jesus lives in you, the Father lives in you. You have the power and authority over that. They can't overcome you unless you invite them in. Yeah, I wanted to uh, emphasize the part where Carlos was saying, like, do not accept a declaration. Someone is saying, like, oh, you're anxious, you're depressed, you know, and he's like. Um, you you were saying like don't receive that even if you are feeling it like even if a even thought if, goes yeah, even through, if you think through you you're feeling it right because that is true but to a certain position though because I believe like if my pastor comes and says Kevin I've noticed that you've been a little anxious or I've noticed these things that've yeah. been going on right it's a thin line. If, right yeah. if the person you know can help you. I think you have to be honest. Yeah. But if you, like anybody just comes up to you, like in the street, a friend, somebody at work or school, or even family, right? But you know that even if you open up to them, tell them what's going on, they'll be like, okay, I'll just pray for you. Then it's not really gonna, now you're accepting what, 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 what's happening there. But if the person can actually help you and go to, go in with prayer, go in with fasting, go into the root of what's going on, then it's moments to open up and be honest and say, hey, this is what's, what's going on. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I think that kind of adds to the point that we were making um, in our first episode. If you didn't catch emotions part one, um, definitely go back and listen to it. That the people you go to yeah. when you are feeling emotional, when you're under duress, you know, it, it matters. Like Kevin would testify, a big part of his testimony is that he had a pastor that he could go to that was counseling him through the traumas that he was going through as a kid and even yeah. his life in that moment. And I'm sure it's a big part of the reason why he was healed enough to have that moment where he encountered Christ or Christ encountered him um, to bring that, that next, that next, the actual healing, the actual, um, what's that word I was looking for? Words with letters in it. Words with letters in it. You know, yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, that moment where his emotions no longer had a grip on him, right? right? He was, he was delivered. That's the word delivered from his emotion, delivered from his depression. Which means set free. Yeah. Oh, Sammy, I think the word is delivered. Oh, thank you. Delivered, that's the word, yeah. And know that um, (laughs) that was my moment, like the first moment of breakthrough, but then there were more after that. And then like even now, like 2022, what is it, February, (laughs) right? Um, I can see, yes, I I can see things that after that moment, and then God speaking to me like in September, October, I'm seeing those things right now happening that I thought I'm going crazy you know God is is really God speaking to me or is it just me but I'm seeing everything that God said there I'm seeing them now in this new season right yeah I wanted to bring up um another point um which was men and women deal with their emotions very differently Mm. um and we were kind of having this conversation before we were recording and um we wanted to bring it up with you guys 
especially on, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit, especially about how men deal with their emotions. I know that women to know how they deal with their emotions right. particularly, but, you know, I kind of wanted to uh, come to you guys, you know, as fellow men, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> you know, here and there. <laughs> and, and, and ask you guys, you know, you guys shared about a little bit about how you you got through your a little bit of your own emotional things that were happening now, things that happened just before. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys, as as a man, you know, somebody who's been in this walk for uh, at least a, a couple of years, um, how do you think you have been better able to handle your emotions in your faith as a man? You know, like, for, like I can give my, my example first is I know that. Um, typically men we can't not that we can't but we're kind of taught to not be able not go to other people for emotional support you know like i can't talk to somebody if i'm going through something difficult and i've honestly believed the narrative my whole life that you know most people can't help me if any i don't think i didn't believe anyone can help me through my own struggles my own emotional things because i constantly feel like everyone that i did even try to go to was kind of just like what kevin says like oh i'll pray for you or they'll tell me something that i already thought or I was already thinking what, which isn't completely the truth. You know, I was just going to the wrong people. Right. Not that there wasn't anybody who could help me, but I did find myself that, you know, I can one, I could turn to the Lord, like like what happened with both of you guys that you had an encounter with the Lord. The same thing happened to me um, when I was in with my depression and anxiety, and and even more recently, you know, where I was going through just like just a week of this season, where you know, going into school. Um, being in a relationship, going through ministry and things like that. It wasn't that it's like, it was totally heavy and like I was depressed, but it was kind of like the weight of life was on me Mm. and it was trying to make me, um, what's that word? Like agitated. Mm. Like I was just a little bit quick to be a little bit upset, a little bit quick to be unwilling to, I don't know, um, be compassionate, Mm. at least more, more unwilling than I usually am. Which I'm not really yeah, ever well, unwilling. No, because you're, you're very, um, you know. But you know, you guys get what I mean. <laughs> and so I'm just trying to process, like, you know, why, what is happening to this? And there was a moment um, while I was worshiping that I heard somebody who was one of the people who was worshiping, and she said that, you know, like the Lord is calling you to let the weight off your back go. Mm. Like He doesn't want you to carry them. Right. And um, and I know that as a man, that happens all the time to men, that we yeah. feel the weight of the world on our back yeah. and responsibilities and our relationships and everything. And so um, in that moment, it was kind of like Jesus was taking the weights that I put on my own back and he, he wants to carry them. And it brought a lot of like healing to me. Like I felt like the weight come off. Like I felt like it was easier to smile and to joke and to laugh after that moment because you know, the weight, like I was saying, of emotions just has that toll on you where it feels hard to function. I didn't get to a physical level with me, but it, it was taking a weight on my character. Amen. Yeah. 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 I, um, so growing up, like, you know, my mom went to the hospital and, and I had to live with my dad, but my dad wasn't really there, you know. So I had to teach myself how to, how to grow up, how to be a man. You know, I had to teach myself how to shave, I had to teach myself how to like cook, how to how to do a lot of things, you know, and to the point where it's like now, you know, um, I'm an adult and um, I would go through, you know, like these anxiety, um, not attacks, but like thoughts that would cause me to like have anxiety or, or like, um, like just be in my mind a lot, 
So, because um, I would see my, myself where I'm at and where I want to be, or where I feel like I should be as a man, because whatever society says, you know, as a man, you know, around a certain age, you have to have a job, a car, you know, a house, you know, some money in, in the in the bank. Um, you know, you you got to be able to provide for anyone or at any place at any time, you know, because that's what society wants you to think, you know, um, and you, you have to be able to do it by yourself, you know, with no help from anyone else. Um, and, you know, going through that process, um, I feel like God has been giving me uh, more um, desire to start playing the piano and to worship him more like that. Because I, I listen to songs now, but th it's not connecting me the way it used to. And now that I'm playing the piano, it's a, like a different connection that I'm having. And, it, and at those moments when I'm playing the piano, it's just like I feel and I hear God say, this is how I want you. See how you're not thinking about anything? Because it's true. At that moment, my mind is free. I have the, the, the best peace that I've ever had in my whole entire life at, the, at that moment. And, like, I can hear and feel and say, this is where I want you to be at. This is where I, this is how I want you to, to see yourself, to know that if you're like this, if you feel that peace, it's okay. You don't have to be scared of what's coming up. Let me worry about that. You know, let me help you through that process. You know, because even when I had that peace for a little bit, I would get scared or frightened and be like, no, 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 let me take it back because... I can't let it go. I, I need to hold on to it, you know. And it was—it's like at those moments where it's just like God is telling me, you know, just just relax. I got this. Amen. Yeah. So like, well, um, Carlos started off. Yeah, I didn't grow up with a dad at all in my home, um, so I had to learn to do a lot of things on my own. But actually, everything on my own. <laughs> my yeah. mom, my mom helped in certain things, but you know, man, things I had to learn on my own. But. Growing up, I had a lot of trust issues, and what Sammy was saying, like, how how do we cope with our emotions? And because of those trust issues, I wasn't able to open up with a lot of people, because every person I tried to open up when I was younger, I felt them betray me, or I saw them betray me, either speaking to other people, or instead of giving me advice, they would just criticize me, or rebuke me, or whatever the case may be, and I felt judged by them, and that I started to just close up and be like I can't trust anyone then mm -hmm. I can't trust the most closest people I felt were there my friends um, and when I came to the church about 10 years ago I didn't open up to my pastors at all like I did to a certain point though it, it was more like I was testing them like okay let me give you this much and then this much and see what happens next but then to the point where I started seeing that I was able to trust my pastor and I was able to tell her everything that I was going through, everything that was happening in that moment or things that happened in my past. Um, I was able to open up a little bit more. So how do men deal with emotions? We learn through culture and society. Because I remember this in school, that if you were a man or a boy, you couldn't start crying. You couldn't speak your emotions. Right. They will call you a girl. They, they will ridicule you and bully you because you had to be this tough person because you have to be the head of the household, right. because you have to represent something that the world says this is what a man is. Yeah. But in reality, that's not the case. Uh, it doesn't mean that you know every every guy out there has to be like so emotional to just start you know getting emotional out of everything. No, I'm <laughs> not saying that. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
my dress is my my bread but is burnt. <laughs> Your bread is burnt. <laughs> but definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have to be able to take a moment and like you don't have to go to somebody, but if you're able to just analyze, hey, I'm going through this. I'm feeling this. Do I need to speak to somebody about it? Yeah. Um, and I think that's very important. And if someone is listening in that is married and is like, I can't go to my spouse about it, um, then either consider if there are a possibility to speak about the issue because it depends on the relationship, how things are. Yeah, I, I agree because I, I think that's one of the um, biggest things also that messed up my marriage. Mm. It's because I was going through this um, this thing you know, in my mind yeah. that affected me so much that um, I didn't go to my wife mm. at that moment, you know, and instead of going to her and, and opening up or even opening up to someone, um, I messed up, mm. you know, and because, uh, like, I feel like if I would have probably sp- spoken up to her at least, it would have been way better mm. than, like, the situation would have been way, way better. And that's know? the thing is that communication is very important. Yeah. So, I mean, in, especially in, in a marriage, if you don't communicate, then, like, but even if it was, like, hey, I'm going through something, but I don't want to talk about it, I think it gives a little bit of, like, hey, you know, like, pray for me or, you know, it also understand depends something also is happening. Because it could backfire. Yeah. yeah. It also depends because, um, like, she has to give you that, that confidence to go to her. Yeah. You know, like if she's not giving you that confidence, if she's not showing you that she's there for you emotionally mm-hmm. also... You, it's going to be difficult for you to even speak to her, you know? Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I, um, I want to give you the opportunity because I, I got to see men in the room. But well, actually, I want to I wanna see what Ika's thought process is yeah. on okay. a man being emotional or... or oh, okay. Trying to put me on the spot, Carlos? <laughs> There's no wrong answer. All right, I'll just speak on behalf of all females wrong. ever <laughs> in this whole planet. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, but like as a woman, um, yeah. in, you know, you're growing up, you're a young woman. Um, from what you've learned so far in your life through um, any like father figures in your life or friends or, you know, you and your spouse, um, when it comes to a, a man being emotional or, or dealing with your emotions, you know, what's your thought process on that? I've, I don't think I've ever had a father figure in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had anybody that I look up to and I can, there are people that I desperately wanted to be my father. Right. So I kind of do, I kind of did that thing where I ignore all their bad qualities and accept their good qualities. I think that's a general thing though. Not yeah. That's not just women, right? That's, yeah, that's men do that thing. too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I f- in my perspective, how I see that men deal with their emotions. Yeah. And how, I, girls, are a lot more simple than guys play them out to be. Okay. All right? And I'm going to explain myself. Yeah, please. (laughs) We might cut this section (laughs) off. Can you uh, (laughs) (laughs) elaborate on that? And again... Because I feel like the moment you said that, all the, like, three guys in this place just looked at each other and were like, um, what? (laughs) For a second, it was weird because it was like, so you want to hear about how I think guys process their emotions? Girls. Girls? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) It, it kind of connects. Okay, it kinda go ahead. No, because... Well, yeah. All right, so... <laughs> guys, I don't appreciate being put on the spot. <laughs> we need another girl in the group. <laughs> but um, 
girls want simple things, and it connects to guys because a lot of times we go to men to try to supply those things. Right. So girls want simple things. It's just, like, when I say simple, I mean few things. And the reason why guys think it calls complicated or whatever is because those few things are very complicated things and are very important things. Mm. All a girl, What girls really want is love, understanding, and support. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are the three major things. And why are girls so complicated? Let me tell you, a lot of times guys look at girls and they don't know how to love her the way that she needs to be loved. So it's a whole issue. And it's like, why are you being complicated? I'm doing, because you guys have an idea of what it looks like to love a girl mm-hmm. by your, you know, what you've learned or what you've seen other people do or whatever. And just using that one example. And the girl's like, that's not what I need. So all of a sudden now we're complicated because we fit outside of your box. Right. So this is where I make the connection. Girls are more inclined to think deeper and to compl- like we go into the complicated real issue of things, whereas guys go into a box because society puts you in a box. So you don't understand anything outside of the box. Okay. That's how we see it. Oh, when I say we, I say me. I don't want to speak on behalf of all <laughs> girls and have girls come at me like, uh, no, that's not how I think. But um, I believe, like we were saying, guys are trained, and I'm going to use the word trained because since from a kid you hear things, like Kevin was using the example, don't be such a girl. Right. Like you're trained and conditioned to only express certain things and be vulnerable only in specific areas, if not at all. You know what I'm saying? So when you s- you so there's certain emotions and things that you don't dare to tap into, and a lot of girls see guys like that. Like you're not willing to go deep. You're not willing to go to where I need you to go. Like you you can't meet me in the middle, and that's why a lot of times girls look at guys and they like have them on on afar, mm-hmm. and s- and stuff. Especially because <sighs> I don't know. It's like. Uh, I'm so glad. I mean, it fits so good with the topic of emotions because that's really what it is. Girls feel like guys don't understand emotions. They're either too emotional, which I'm sure you guys have seen. There's, ex- there's an extreme on, on everything, right? right yeah. Guys are either too emotional or not emotional enough. Like where you're not under, you're not empathetic. You're not hearing me or understanding me. And I feel like that's a lot of problem with a lot of girls. They go into a relationship and they already have the, um, they already have the, the what do you call that? The mentality? The men- like the, the subconscious thought okay. that I'm going to hit an emotional bump in the road. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have to be me explaining something or me like teaching something mm-hmm. about how to deal with the situation or how to do this. Right. Yeah. Because girls, you can't treat us okay. like you treat a guy. You know, like we have other, like I said, those three, spe- I, I think those are the top three needs or top three things that not only girls want, but I feel like all humans need. Yeah. And girls just really try to express it because from a young, from being young, they teach us about that. You know, find true love. Yeah. Look to be understood. Yeah. You know, like try to be confident. Yeah. So we bi- we try to build ourselves in that, and we try to find somebody that also encourages all of that. Yeah. And we yeah. feel like guys sometimes are capable of offering that. Yeah. I would like to hear what our audience has to say about this, about the the girl side of things, because yeah. Ika says she's the only girl here. So any girls out there listening, you can message us on ins- Instagram, Facebook. Definitely want to hear your point on this that we, we could understand as guys, you know. Yeah, it also takes a huge emotional maturity. Mm. I feel like the girls see that guys are very emotionally immature. Like you don't know how to handle your problems, right. mm. you know. Yeah. And it's in a lot of things. Like everything a girl is, they believe a guy isn't. Girls are, quote unquote, clean. Guys are dirty. Girls are I, emotional. I, I, guys I wanna, are stoic. I just want to clarify. Know? When she says guys, she doesn't mean all guys. Like no, I just mean the three of you like in the room you know. right now. 
Oh, dang. <laughs> okay. Right? <laughs> okay. No, no, I mean, no one can you see know. me, but I literally just have kidding. my mouth open, just silent. Like, what? <laughs> Emotional <laughs> damage. <laughs> no, and this is, I think, uh, I think this is a, a huge topic that we are definitely going to talk about in, in a future podcast and mm. um, definitely bring in, um, you know, uh, Someone a little, a little yeah. more insight. A little yeah, bit you know, a, a couple, a pastor, two pastors, or things. Yeah, um, I I want to give something out to the guys, you know, about how um, we can how we can become a little bit more emotionally mature. Mm. And I think what Kevin what Kevin said was a good idea. And I think we were talking about this with Carlos earlier. Is like um, men coming together and talking about what they're going through yes. as men. I I mean. I know I can speak from experience that me doing that, I mean, not even being grown, you know, me being like 14 or and sitting in a room with men who are trying, who are also simultaneously trying to become more wholesome mm-hmm. really has an impact on you, one, your confidence and your assurance, but also um, your ability to be emotionally responsible. You know, I feel like that's that's what kind of what Ika's getting at is that girls are taught to be emotionally responsible in a way that guys aren't. To recognize right. our emotions right. from a young age. That's why right. we're able to handle them a lot better, we feel, than men. Yeah, that's true. Right, because it kind of said like you, you express an emotion as a man, it's like you're you're being a girl, you know, you right. get too excited, you're being a girl. Yeah. You know, you got too angry, you're being a girl. You got too upset, you're being a girl. It's everything and right. and all the time. So um but coming into a space where, you know, you can sit with your guy friends and you put all other everything else aside. You put talking about girls aside. You put talking about money aside for a moment. And maybe part of your emotional problem is money. But you kind of sit down and have dialogue about what you're going through, good or bad. And um, it kind of just brings this healing, I think, to your, your conscious. Yeah. 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 Amen. That's that's very important what you just said, but I've also seen the other side of that, because yeah, coming together as men and speaking about what's going on, I've also seen where men got together, but yet they don't speak about what's going on because they feel they're gonna be judged by the other men right. because oh, you it's have not a this, safe space. right yeah. because there's there's probably an alpha in in the room and you don't wanna um, tell that person like yeah I'm I'm weaker than you are so now there's like a power struggle between all the men mm-hmm. I think that that happens only if everybody in the room or in that group is receptive to saying hey let's talk about this I have my issues you have issues let's let's discuss it without judging each other or criticizing each, each other here yeah and I feel like a lot of that has to do with whoever is running that group yeah you know like if whoever's running that group like steps up and you know starts speaking up as an example, you know, and starts uh, talking to them about something that they're going through or something that they, that they went through, I feel like everyone else in the room is going to start, um, you know, little by little opening up about what uh, what they've been struggling with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, from what I've seen, yeah. obviously I'm not a guy, but I've seen that when a guy that's respected, because girls can tell, like, like they can smell the, the testosterone <laughs> in the room. And they know who's the alpha male in the room, you know? Because you, you could just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like a lot of stuff that I'm saying is, could be very, is very controversial. But I've seen that when an alpha male stands up and says something, he sets the precedent for the rest of the conversation. Right. You know, and it's like what you were just saying. If the alpha male goes, remember the, alpha, the leader, you right. know, the person that's mostly respected, looked up to the person. And he's usually the person that's, you know, deciding what to do next. He's deciding where to go next. What's the conversation? He's leading the group, leading the pack. 
Um, yeah, so I feel like find a group where, and if you're that leader, because a lot of times you're that leader, then you start the conversation. Yeah, I wanted to say that, you know, I, I think a lot of men in different relationships in their lives are the quote-unquote alpha male. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to use that term because I feel like that term is just associated with toxic yeah, masculinity. I yeah. So I, I want to say in all of your relationships, whether you are leading them or not, um, you should be, um, if this is something that you're actually pursuing, you're actually going to, be uh, willing to be um, emotionally communicative. Set an example? Yeah, be willing to set an example. I have emotions and I'm I'm not afraid of them or your opinion. Right. That doesn't mean that you share with everyone your deepest, darkest right. secrets and all your problems. Right away, especially. So. Uh, yeah, of yeah. course not. But, you know, in a relationships with people who are your peers, you can, you know, you can tell them about, you know, I don't know, I had a bad day today and it's making me feel this way. That's not your deepest, darkest secret. No, that's just not. that's just and you being honest it about can, it. It can influence others to start speaking up, and it can also um, like it allows someone else to see, hey, he went through this. I'm going through that now. You know, let me go to him for some help. Yeah, yeah. You know, they'll you'll you can build a safe space. You yeah. can create a culture where, uh, as a man, you know, you can be emotionally responsible. Yeah, and I feel like it's not that hard to build that culture, to build that safe space. Mm-hmm. It just it relies on on how much pride you have, right? Your willingness to be vulnerable, right? Mm. Yeah, and I, you know, I also I feel like we've been talking a lot about men only, but I feel <laughs> like there are also women who are going to yeah, be listening. Yeah, definitely. And I want to say that a lot of the, as women, well, in regards to the man too, let's try not to put so many expectations on the man. And make him fill in a role that's not his, you know, that's that that's impossible to right. fill. I feel like a lot of times we hold this, because for example, I never had a father figure, so I actually went through a phase where you know girls go through this, um, like daddies, guys say girls have daddy issues and stuff, right. or they try like the person that they date or the the person their mentor or whatever is like their father figure, and you can tell by the way that the girl treats the guy. Um, so I just want to say that. And it goes even back to what Kevin was saying. It's important to recognize the source, the reason, when things started. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why are you treating guys like that, holding them to such high expectations? You know, because honestly, I got to say honestly, very few are the, are the times that I've met a man that's been emotionally present mm-hmm. in a situation where I can open up to and have him be empathetic and show it and not be afraid to show it. A lot of guys can't, I've seen a lot of guys don't know how to handle a girl that's crying. And it's not because she's a girl that's crying, it's somebody that's crying. Right. You know, they don't know how to handle a guy that's crying. So um, I think it's also just be open and show the guy that you're there. And like you guys were saying, it's th- that culture of, of what we're trying to start, of being emotionally present and just being, you know, aware of how you're feeling and communicate it with others. It's healthy for you mentally, emotion, physically, you know. Um, so yeah, I feel like a girl has a, has a huge role in that because I feel like guys go to women a lot to find their approval and find their assertiveness and their position in the world and in their house or whatever. So as a woman, if we can just stand together, there's a movement now. <laughs> there's a movement. If we okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, if we tear down the oh expectations yeah, in our household and it's going to yeah, ripple right. effect to the That's children true. and to those around us, our friends. That's true. And it's something that I, uh, I've always thought growing up is a lot of people this is just like an example, you know. Um, there's so many traps that's like on the streets, right? Like in your neighborhood, 
you know, there's like a cup. Garbage. Yeah, yeah. garbage, right? It's on in the streets, whatever. Um, and everyone's like, oh, no one's picking up anything. It starts with your neighborhood. You know, if you're there and you pick up something in your neighborhood, someone else is going to continue to do the same thing in their neighborhood and it's going to have a ripple effect. You know, if everyone picks up something that's in their neighborhood, the whole place is going to be clean. Same thing with your family. You know, if you're going to be there emotionally for your family, it's going to cause a ripple effect for them to be there for their friends and then for their friends to be there for their family. Yeah. And I also want to say that just because you are a female doesn't give you the excuse to be emotionally immature because mm. that's what's expected of you. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of females that, no, I'm just like, they feel free to cry. It's just who to I be am. Right, it's just who I am. I'm just emotional. Or this one. I know in a room full of guys where it's just that time of the month. Like, I'm emotional. Like, well, there's... I mean, we didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah. Emotional maturity overcomes that. Like, we were trying to say before, too, you can choose your emotion. You can choose your reactions. So I also just want to encourage every girl to... You know, we're trying to build this equality and that there really is no difference between a man and a person besides, obviously, the biological stuff and just the innate abilities that we have. But besides that, we all have hearts. We all have brains. You know, we all feel pain. Right. We all feel joy, that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah, you know, try to take notes of how you react to things and see how you can better it. A checklist of your pros and cons because it starts with awareness. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And not to say that any of us in the room, by the way, are, are there. A hundred percent. We're working on it. Heck yeah. All of us. But we're bringing this to the table because we want you guys to start working on it too. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think Carlos kind of touched on a, on another little point, and I guess we can say this to close for the episode, but um, about being emotionally present for your family. Mm. Um, because I know that, you know, a lot of times, I mean, I think in everyone's family, it's not perfect. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, always some kind of internal struggle right. that you have between brother or sister or father and mother and son and nephew. Like, there's always something that's kind of happening or something that just happened or something that's about to happen. And I think that if you're willing as an individual to be the person in your family who wants to take emotional responsibility for themselves, right? Sorry, wants to take emotional responsibility for themselves you can begin to create a culture in, in your family that um, I, I don't, I'm not going to burst out in anger. Like everyone's bursting out in anger. You know, I'm not going to be the first one to walk out of the room. I'm going to be here present for other people. Like you're angry. I want to understand why you're angry or you're sad. And I want to understand why you're sad. And I think that when you build a culture like that in your family, not only are you going to bring healing to your family, but you're going to start creating, you're going to set like a culture trend. Yeah in your family and you're going to break generational curses. You're going to, a lot of things are going to start to change and yeah, it can start with you, but you just have to be willing to be vulnerable enough and patient enough with others and yourself to kind of be able to create this change. It takes courage though. It definitely takes a lot of courage to break out of the stigma, the norm, Mm -hmm. you know, set a, set a new path. Yeah. And it's because I want to bring that back into, into God, into the world because it's, it's, like, Paul and Silas, when they were in jail, they could have gone through so many emotions at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. But instead, they decided to, to worship, right? And it, it was in that moment when they were worshiping that the chains broke. But the, if you continue to read, um, it's not only that their chains broke. Right. It's the chains of everyone else that was around them right. that broke. Yeah. You know, if you're going through, like, an emotional um, situation, um, 
and everyone else around you is going to probably the same thing, a similar thing, you know, by you taking the stand and saying, God, this is what I'm going through, you know, I'm giving it to you, and all I'm going to do is just worship you at this moment. That worship is going to not only allow you to be free, but everyone around you to be free. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I want to emphasize that what was to what you're saying, yeah. that we're not victims of our circumstances. No. And we don't have to react the way that we're, we're, we're taught to react when certain things happen. You know, I feel like if, we're real, if, we, if we gain the ability to control our emotions and put it all in order and put our minds in order and really decide what we're going to do, which is I'm not going to let this situation define my next move, then like Paul and Silas, right. you're one step away from your breakthrough. Yep. You're one decision away from those chains breaking. Because Paul and Silas could have been whining, yep. you know, within the church, with, with the church that were, you know, that was feeling bad for them being there too. Everybody was mourning, like, what, you know, they wanted them out. Right. But in the moment, they didn't decide to stick to the situation and focus on the fact that they were imprisoned. Right. They decided to praise God. I'm not going to look outside of the situation knowing that God has this in control, which is yeah. what you were bringing up earlier too, yeah. you know. If you can't control a situation, give it to God. And in, in, in place of that emotion that you were going to have, praise, worship, pray. Amen. Yeah. All right, amen. If someone can close and pray for courage, I felt that. It takes a lot of courage. <laughs> it takes a lot of courage to be able to break out of what we're talking about it's and true. step into what we're seeing to step into. It's not something easy that you can just listen to this podcast and, oh, my gosh, my eyes have been open. I'm a new person tomorrow. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a process, and it's yeah. not something that's going to happen immediately. But we believe that when you put it in prayer, and you put it in the hands of God, you're not alone, and he's going to help you through it. Amen. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, before I pray, I want to um, also implore you guys to listen to a lot more content that deals with emotions. If you are someone who's seriously considering um, self-helping yourself and then also helping your family, you know, we're not, none of us are um, psychiatrists. What is this? Psychologists. I almost said psychiatrists. <laughs> Is that physical? I, I'm taking one psychology of women class, but that doesn't qualify me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I also took child I'm psychology. You, you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Psychology too. So yeah, that's not the same thing. But anyways. Wait, because even people that go to like therapists, it doesn't qualify you to, to right, be a therapist. I have received therapy. I'm a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But, but yeah, keep keep looking out there for more people who are willing to share with you guys on how you can um, grow as an individual. What? We heard your yawn. Nice. I hope that yawn was beautiful. It was amazing. <laughs> Remarkable. It was glorious. <laughs> okay, I, I want to pray for everyone. So, Father God, I thank you because I know that this conversation wasn't just something that came from our hearts, but from yours. I ask my God that everyone who listens to this podcast be encouraged and be implored by your spirit to go and to become uh, more emotionally responsible and aware, my God, of their emotions, aware, my God, of what's happening in the spirit. I pray, my God, that people would begin to see how good emotions can be when they don't control us. I ask that, Holy Spirit, that you would lead them to the right sources, lead them to the right 
uh, um, channels or videos or podcasts that are going to help heal them in their situation, in their families, in their own emotional struggles. I pray and I ask, Father God, that you would uh, give us courage in our hearts, give us courage in our in our daily lives to um, become emotionally responsible, to uh, grow and mature. I ask that, Lord, that there are people who are going through things emotionally difficult in this moment, the same way that each one of us has had an encounter with you, Jesus, where you healed our hearts, an encounter with you, Jesus, where you showed us the truth, you would have an encounter with them too, Lord, that, Lord, that they would begin to see and receive your love and that healing in this moment. We pray in the Holy Spirit that you would invite, and we invite you into their rooms, we invite you into their homes, we invite you into their families and their situations, and that, Lord, that you would bring your peace. Lord, that you would bring your presence into that space. I thank you again, Heavenly Father, for all that you're doing through this podcast. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. These talks will be ready for your ears to hear every Tuesday mornings on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, prayer petitions, or cries of outrage, you can reach us at our social media, realfaith.realtalks, on Facebook and on Instagram.